Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Wesley Pepper, and you're tuning into my podcast, Wesley Pepper's Art Lexia. Um, we are well into the year, and if you are listening to this, I hope you are safe wherever you are. Um, I hope you are. Uh, I just hope you're keeping well, man. Um, you know, the really crazy times we are living in. Let me just give a shout out to Biobulb and Spud for hosting me, you know, and producing my show. I think you guys do fantastic work. Um, and moving on to today's episode, um, today's a bit more of a uh, of a masterclass type um, episode where we're going to look at um, the role of Bitcoin in the arts. Um, if you can remember, like my first episode of the year, I uh, coming through where we spoke about um, um, what Bitcoin can be used for, um, how to use it, and um, so we really just gave, um, we really just um, touched on various like things and what it can be used. And today we're gonna jump, or we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into it. So I've got two guests coming through. Um, so I have Marcus Nolan. Um, <clears throat> He's sort of going to be talking about. Um, he's got the um, he's got the information and the about, but he's also not so um, he's working with it before, um, and he knows how to use it. It's uh, pros and cons, etc., etc. So we learned that from him, and then I have Letta Armstrong from Yebo, and um, she pretty much represents, you know. Um, the galleries, you know, um, the art of um, the art industry, and then myself, you know, being an artist and a social entrepreneur, um, I'll be chipping in and giving them my um, my input as well, um, because as you know, guys, like um, I'm um, I'm very big on um, of on embracing technology. Um, and I think we should just be having more and more conversations around it and seeing how we can use it, you know, um, moving forward. Um, because there are because there are so many, um, I think I think we haven't we have to be honest with you. I don't think we've really touched the surface or scratched the surface um, in terms of how we can use technology to better the art um, um, the art industry. Because as you know, most of most of the art galleries that are talking about the top art galleries, um, you know, they're still using um, I would say uh, an old um, methodology. You know. Uh, you have a show, you invite people through, they come by, they buy the work, you have, uh, um, you know, you send out a few emails and this and that and that and that. And I think now just because of, um, the, um, the post COVID pandemic, uh, world plus the fourth industrial revolution is like things are changing and they are changing fast. And I think these conversations that we're going to have today are important. I think we learn a lot from them. And um, I think we must, we should adapt to them, um, to all these new changes, because as you know, the only constant thing in life is change, and um, we definitely need to get up on that. So definitely stay tuned for that, guys. I hope you guys enjoy today's episode, and I will chat to you at the end of this episode, ach, at the end of this interview. Baob is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with baobalb.org. Um, so today's episode, we're going to have a look at, uh, at Bitcoin and how it's been used in the arts, you know. Um, so the two guests, so Aleta Armstrong, all the way from Eswatini, from Yevo Gallery. So she sort of represents, so it's going to give a voice uh, from, the, uh, from the arts, or, or I'd say the, 
the uh, commerce side, you know, as from, from a gallery. And Morris Nolan is the expert on Bitcoin as an entrepreneur. And um, yeah, I would just say an expert. Yeah, is that, um, is that accurate? I wouldn't say an expert. Uh, <laughs> but I know a few things about that. There's still much to learn. Uh, it's a constantly evolving industry. And um, yeah, before it reaches mainstream adoption, there's so many, uh, you know, other things that need to come into play uh, before that actually happens. But a few things are starting to take, uh, uh, you know, show that so. Well, it's definitely is getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely becoming more mainstream. Um, I absolutely agree with that. Which is also why I wanted to um, I wanted to talk about this because just for the um, just for the listeners um, to give some insight and for the two guests. So um, we did that um, episode uh, was in the beginning of the year um, on Bitcoin, where I pretty much just touched or gave it like a very overview on like what it can be used for, what can't be used for, that type of thing, how to use it, and that. So it was very brief and very to the point and um, you know uh, um, I I read up on basically everything you know I like to believe I'm you know I keep it uh, you know up to speed with what's going on in the world and um, I'm not too queued up on um, the financial markets and how they especially how they work I really don't know how they work but um, I know that it's um, it's value has been skyrocketing over the past few months and um, I also know that um, 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 local governments are trying to get rid of physical money. Um, I know that's what to do with the fourth industrial revolution and a bit of COVID because they say, you know, the virus can be transferred on the money and all of that. So um, with that as like point, um, as point number one, point number two, another thing that I, that I think is, is really exciting about this and what which is what, what, I'm, um, what I'm looking forward to, to discussing today is how can Bitcoin be used in the arts? Um, there's one example that... Um, um, that really stuck with me was the fact that like how you can use it for crowdfunding um, where people can send you like a dollar or a pound um, um, <clears throat> and it won't really you know they can they can send small amounts of money like like that whereas now you know with a current banking system you can't or it just cost you a lot more money and um, I'm also aware of the fact that um, uh, because of the arts, um, the arts in um, changing, you know, like live shows and all of that, and the whole virtual world becoming more and more of a of a thing because more and more shows are all gone virtual. Um, it's also interesting to see how one can monetize um, streaming um, um, and virtual. Um, I would say, um, con, not concerts, um, festivals. And um, I'm very, I'm pretty, pretty interested to know how, um, how we can, how we can use Bitcoin for that. And um, I know that I was also very interested to know she wanted to learn. Um, and that is very cool. So thanks, thanks, thanks for being open, I guess, you know, um, and not just shutting out everything or, 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 or trying to learn. I think that's very, very, very cool. So um, I think I'll just bring Maris in here first, um, just to give us like a brief overview on like uh, where is Bug standing currently in South Africa. In other words, are people using it? What are they using it for? Um, and the potential behind that. Yeah, man, cool. Um, <clears throat> just as a disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Um, but I have been looking at Bitcoin since late 2013. 
And at the time, it really was nothing to look at. You know, it was just a bunch of techs, uh, you know, tech geeks that uh, were looking at this particular cryptocurrency. Sure. There were use cases of a cryptocurrency uh, prior to 2009 when it actually did come into, uh, um, you know, the, these tech forums. Um, and obviously they tweaked it and uh, made it a more user-friendly and kind of just ironed out all the issues and made it kind of immutable, um, you know, uh, in terms of its ledger. So it's a public ledger, it's open source, and, um, it's all across the world. You know, you shut one thing down, another one opens. It's very difficult to shut down. Is it impossible to shut down? You know, people would always say it's impossible to shut it down. I don't think anything's impossible. Yeah. I think we've always got to keep an open mind in that. And this is why I have to always mention to people that uh, they must always do their own research when it comes to certain things like this. Because you get a better understanding of exactly what uh, the industry is. Yes, there might be somebody to hold your hand in respect to uh, starting up your blockchain wallet, you know, putting you onto platforms like Luno, Bitfinex, and all these other uh, Zappos and cryptocurrency exchanges that are doing extremely, extremely well in the last five to ten uh, when it comes to their profit margins on an annual basis. And so they just act as an intermediary between yourself and the Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. You know, they just yeah. offer you the opportunity to actually purchase it. Um, mainstream, in terms of the Industrial Revolution, I think the Industrial Paycheck is quite redundant at this stage or has is starting to become redundant. Okay. Um, the reason why I say this is, I mean, you would save up your money. Our mothers and fathers would save their money um, and were able to purchase a house, you know, put their kids through school, uh, you know, do all that funding when it comes to uh, life policies and things like that. Yeah. These days, in order for you to achieve that, you have to be earning in a certain bracket. Yeah, put away life policies yeah. and save a little bit of change on a monthly basis. Yeah, um, you know, when people talk about uh, financial freedom and looking for alternative sources of income, uh, what they don't realize is they need to start at home. You know, how much are you keeping, first of all? How much money are you keeping on a month? That would determine how much, you know, yeah. wealth or uh, money you start accumulating. It's not how much you actually make you can make two three four million rand a month but uh if your expenses uh equate to that so uh then then, then you're not really making that much are you so when i digress back to the uh industrial revolution and the fourth industrial revolution it's an information technology age and what people need to understand is they've got these resources available to them in the form of information and there's various sources of information you know 30 years ago we would go and get our library card and that would be our access to information yeah you know um yeah. we would try and read as much books as we possibly could during the course of those two to three four hours that we were at the library these days that process is marginalized down to a 20 minute to 30 minute uh, YouTube video, for example, yeah, yeah, or Wikipedia yeah. article, 
uh, or business insider yeah. article or whatever yeah. you find in terms of these uh, articles that are coming out on, on, on Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, uh, blockchain as a use case, um, which is quite fascinating in itself. Um, but there's so there's a myriad of different sources of information that you can uh, draw from in terms of understanding what Bitcoin is, uh, what the blockchain network actually represents, and what that means for the future. And the moment you can correlate the three, you are able to position your business effectively. Especially when you've got understanding of all three yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. Remember, you don't really have to understand it fully. You don't have to understand exactly how the blockchain works from a technical perspective yeah. or how is, is is transferred from my phone to your phone from a technical perspective. It's like email. You know, we don't really care how the email is sent. We just confirm whether or not you've received it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... The embedded stuff behind the network is not really necessary. What it can do for you in terms of, uh, um, you know, facilitating payment methods um, is quite is quite phenomenal. If I could send a certain amount of Bitcoin to someone in Australia, and they are able to receive that within thirty to forty minutes maximum, right? Yeah. Uh, without any third-party intermediary. It's it's really a no-brainer, but obviously the powers that be, mainstream media, and uh, all of these uh, financial houses, um, your banks, you know, they've been running this financial system into the ground for the last 100 to 200 Absolutely. years. Absolutely. And it's a consistent ending. You know, the, the ending is always consistent. It always ends exactly the same way as it started. Uh, you know, there's a lot of promise, a lot of hope for, for, for things to come going forward. And then you find halfway into that, maybe a 50-year period into that, it starts taking its decline in terms of higher taxes. You know, the rich are getting richer, the middle class is, is slowly dissipating, and eventually it gets to a point where... Uh, you know, in 2020 and the COVID-19 um, gives the world economy a death blow. And then people, are, you know, the, the, in the collapse in the, in the monetary system to uh, COVID. Yeah. But when you actually look at it from an in-depth perspective and you look at the stock market versus the actual economy, and this is job losses, uh, industries being uh, uh, becoming insolvent, yeah. uh, you know, companies just not being able to manage and letting uh, their their staff go. I mean, we've had record-breaking uh, unemployment numbers yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the last seven to eight months, close to a year. But what people don't realize is that that has got nothing to do with the stock market. So your economy has got zero, has got nothing to do with the actual stock market. Hmm. And when I say this, people, people always, <laughs> people always uh, tend to um, you know, have this argument with me. And uh, I simply just refer them back to, 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 to simple fundamentals. 
is the stock market doing really, really well at this moment in time? Yes, it is. Is the economy doing really, really bad at this time? Uh, yes, it is. I mean, we've got interest rates. Uh, we've got, um, you know, government with these stimulus packages. We've mm. got uh, the biggest cash heist. Um, and, and it's not happening just in South Africa. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a global thing. That. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a global yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've just had cases in the UK in the U all on these PPE corruption uh, like people are dying and you've got the ability to supply them with the equipment in order for them to survive why then are you taking uh, you know either the money from that and not being able to supply the, the, the PPE uh, equipment okay but, but let, me, let me digress back yeah. to, to, to the how it correlates with Bitcoin and why that's okay important. okay 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 here comes here comes a revolutionized uh, currency that's open source cryptocurrency people would say it's likened to gold people would benchmark it against that and uh, they would even argue the fact that gold is a better storage of wealth because of its 5,000 year history and things like that. And I completely understand that. Uh, and it's true in what they say. But the argument is 5,000 years ago, there wasn't, um, there weren't any tablets, there weren't any smartphones. Yeah, yeah. There, there weren't no any PCs, there wasn't, there, there's no internet. You know, we didn't really fully understand the possibilities of what the internet and how it's able to connect us in the form of Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram and all these other social media platforms that enable us, including Zoom and this particular platform that we're on right now. Um, and so how does that all tie together when it comes to cryptocurrency? I'm not saying, but is the answer. There are a myriad of different sure. cryptocurrencies out there. Sure. But Bitcoin seems to be the one that a lot of people are taking to at the moment. I would encourage people to always look at different kinds of use cases against the different kinds of coins that are out there. Like Ethereum, for example, is more contract kind of based. So your insurance industries and your car industries, uh, are, um, you know, your financial institutions are more looking towards uh, uh, implementing use cases around that kind of Ethereum blockchain. Um, but on the other hand, offers allows me that the normal uh, average Joe the opportunity of taking out my 50 rand that I have in my pocket and uh, signing up on a on a blockchain network um, and going onto a platform called Luno and uh, putting my money on there that mm. 50 rand mm. and then let's say for argument's sake I put my 50 rand into uh, in December of 2020 and by then I think it was about 16 or 12 it just broke 15 16 there I, I, I stand to be corrected mm -hmm. but within two months it it, it, it pushed itself up to uh, an all-time high of uh, I believe it was 52 or 54 thousand. US dollars, which equated, if you, if you want to look at it from a RAND's perspective, I think it was at a hundred and something thousand, and it jumped from a hundred and something thousand all the way to 750,000 RAND, right? Yeah. Now that yeah. margin in between that is, it's quite, 
it's quite large. Yes, it's volatile right now, and people are obviously, and this is the reason why it's not mainstream. Because if I give you Bitcoin today, you have to immediately exchange it into the RAND or US or Yuan yeah. or whatever currency yeah. You, yeah. You, yeah. Uh, represents your country uh, immediately. And you have to be able to do that within an hour or so of it actually changing because it, because of its volatility. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. So yes, implement the, the, the Bitcoin uh, or um, you know use case in your platforms, but always has in the back of your mind the possibility of volatility. And volatility can either go up or, the, yeah. or the opposite yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's not guaranteed until it becomes mainstream. Now, will it become mainstream is, is, is the question that a lot of people keep asking. You know, are they going to, uh, you know, if I've been running a, a trillion dollar, you know, 500 trillion dollar uh organization in the form of the monetary system and utilizing banks as my distributors of that fiat currency for the last two to three hundred years, I'm not just going to give up my power in that respect. I'm going to put up a bit of a fight, am I not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. so oh, I'm yeah. going to find a way to implement my old That's why the system banks are so on the new system. That's why they're they're taking their own time in terms yeah, of trying yeah. to understand and the and the fundamental problem with the banks' the ideology is that this is a decentralized currency. It's it's yeah. not, not central yeah. in itself. You can't. You, there's no one point that you can go yeah. to and say, "Oh, my Bitcoin is stored there." You know, it's so decentralized, and what they're trying to implement is a centralized kind of thing. Where, yes, we're going to use cryptocurrency, but we'll be in charge of it. And at any point in time that you fail to pay us the cryptocurrency owed to us, we are able to either go into your account, stop your transactions. You know, there's no, there's no freedom in that. You know, and I think what people are starting to realize is that autonomy and, and, and the freedom to either do what you need to do or manage your own funds as opposed to having a third-party intermediary do that for you. Like, if I want to send money to Canada, I've got to use Western Union, but Western Union immediately takes 30% yeah. of that particular sum, uh, and the person receiving the money receives 30 to 40% less than what they actually were supposed to get. So... For me, there's no need for that. There's no need for somebody to verify your email before I send it to you. <laughs> you know mm, what I mean? Mm, if I mm, want to send mm. you an email, I, I, I need to be able to have the freedom of doing that. You know what I mean? Without anybody verifying or checking or mm, okay. you know, making okay, sure. Okay, um, I get that, my brother. Um, um, let me actually bring, um, I get that. Um, do you have any questions? Um, I have a few, but I wanted to see if you, um, if you have any questions. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, I, I was, I've been obviously reading um, about all the cryptocurrencies, very, and it's very interesting, and it's yeah. really nice to be yeah. part of the the conversation. And I think it's obviously an on, an ongoing learning process. And the more you read, the more it becomes less unfamiliar. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I get that because I think some people are interested in terms of 
investment or profit, and especially because it's had such high, you know, had high profits. But if you want to use it as a payment, um, like say, for example, for a gallery, and we wanted to include um, that people could pay with cryptocurrency, then that's, I suppose, the question of it fluctuating so much. You know, at least I know that if I put a dollar price, uh. it's okay. I mean, it can fluctuate. Something could happen. But you've got a sort of general idea of, of doing that. So I think that would be the thing is um, how do you price things when it fluctuates so much, the value? Uh, good question. Um, uh, Maros, I actually just have um, I just have uh, uh, two two other questions that you can that that, that you can answer, man. Um, and this is so, just for um, can you explain to us what blockchain, and um, just for the listeners, like what is what is open source? You know, so um, if you can tackle uh, a letters uh, question first, and then move into um, those other two. First question. Um... Yeah. <clears throat> how do you how do you implement blockchain without it, um, you know, affecting your margins, in in in, in layman's terms, um, either positively or negatively? Because from a tax perspective and from a from a uh, you know tax returns kind of perspective, uh, as an organization running a business, um, how do you manage that with the volatility that's that's that that it's been experiencing in the last ten years? Uh, you obviously have to implement certain situ uh, certain systems that take the blockchain, uh, take the Bitcoin, and then immediately transfer it into the U dollar value. I looked at your website and I see that most of your stuff is obviously valued in uh, US dollar. Um, it is stable for now, which is which is great. But what you need to implement is the minute that uh, a person uh, pays within, uh, you know, the Bitcoin value of that US dollar, you need to be able to implement a system that transfers or changes that Bitcoin immediately into the US dollar, you know, or transfer it, transfers it back into US dollar immediately within the hour. So you have to have platforms and systems and things like uh, in place. It's a very difficult um, process to, to, to implement and it's quite expensive in itself because it's still new. Uh, but anything that's new will be old very, very soon. Uh. So there's a lot of, I mean, it's like, you know, your WhatsApp and then all of a sudden you've got Signal, you've got Tilly. So, so, so what software comes out, there's, there's always somebody producing an alternative. And most of the time, the alternative is sometimes better. Uh, case in point is MySpace versus uh, Facebook. Yeah, 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 good, yeah, yeah, uh, MySpace yeah. was a great use concept and it was a great idea, but there was something missing. And then Facebook took that and made it into what it is right now. But they were also uh, open-minded enough to understand that it's a constantly evolving software. Because it's software, it can evolve. And this is the same thing with uh, correlating Bitcoin to your, to your US dollar valuation of your painting. Uh, you simply adjust it in that respect. So you've got, a, you've got a, if you were to go onto the internet right now and say, what's one Bitcoin uh, versus one, one US dollar? It will give you a, a, it'll give you a number. 
Yeah. Uh, you need to implement a system that actually does that on your platform that says it's going to cost you X amount of Bitcoin, which will equate to 600 US dollars. And whether he pays with US or, 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 or Bitcoin, that system will immediately transfer the Bitcoin into US dollars by selling it. So by partnering with exchanges like Luno uh, yeah. or yeah. Bitfinex or, you know, um, you know, all these uh, different Zappos and, you know, uh, platforms that offer you the ability to exchange cash for crypto uh, would, be a, would be the first start. You know, start asking the questions in that respect. Is it possible? Uh, we've got a lot of AI security, cryptocurrency security uh, people that we're dealing with that we can refer you to uh, that can assist you in that respect when it comes to implementing these platforms. I hope that just answers to add, the question. Yeah. I just wanted to add a bit to that. I think obviously, you know, since we're not using cryptocurrencies at the moment, but looking into it, that, you know, and dealing with banks and their delightful bank charges that, you know, you add up <laughs> at, the <end> of every, <laughs> at the end of every month and you're like, shit. Um, so yeah. what are the charges? Because, okay, yeah, if you're doing it person to person and you're transferring cryptocurrencies and you've got that set up, but if you're using a third-party platform to assist with, mm -hmm. you know, changing it into dollars and then using that, do those charges, are they still much lower than when you're dealing with banks? In some instances, they are, but in uh, other instances, they're, they're, they're actually higher than the bank charges. So, for example, if I were to take out or withdraw a thousand rand capital gains on my BTC, uh, it would cost me 80 rand okay. to withdraw that. You know, so you've always got to take that into consideration when pricing your, your paintings. Uh, especially if you're going to put them in a Bitcoin valuation. You've always got to put in an extra 100 to 200 Rand or that equivalent to Bitcoin uh, on top of what you are actually uh, selling the, the painting for. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it will cost you, you know, $20, 20, 20 Rand. Uh, or sometimes it will cost you 100 Rand. It all depends on how much you're actually transferring. Remember, these third-party intermediaries like Luno, this is where they make their money. Yeah. So every time you transact, they're taking a little piece of what it is that you're transacting in. There's minimalistic transaction fees come in the form of, I have my own Bitcoin wallet. So Luno is a platform that allows me to associate my Bit wallet with it. Right, mm. so I take Bitcoin out of my wallet and I throw it onto the Luno platform. I exchange my my uh, um, my Bitcoin for either cash, and then I transfer it back into my normal bank account or whatever the case may be, and vice versa if I want to if I want to do the purchasing of BTC. Sure. Right. <clears throat> the 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 minimalistic charges only occur between peer to peer. Uh, transactions. If I send it, if I've got a wallet in Wesley, you have a wallet, and I send you ten thousand US dollars worth of Bitcoin, the transaction fee in that respect is going to 
cost me a certain amount of Bitcoin, which in US dollars would probably be equivalent to maybe one to two US dollars okay. in transaction fees. So that's where the difference is in terms of uh, bank charges compared to yeah. uh, your third-party intermediary charges like Luno and Zappo and Bitfinex and all these other uh, platforms. Yeah, yeah. So yes, you yes. are going to incur a little bit of a cost. Uh, it might be more, it might be less. Uh, the valuation of that would be determined by the volatility in the market at the time. Or, or there is a certain benchmark or threshold between Interesting. if you transfer a thousand, uh, between a thousand and ten thousand, it's going to cost you 80, 80, 80 rand. From anything from ten thousand onwards, it's going to cost you a uh, hundred and fifty rand. But it won't exceed uh, exorbitant fees. Like if I were to make a three hundred and fifty thousand rand transaction on my credit card, uh, it'll literally cost you something to the value of six, seven thousand. To transact that amount of money, do you know okay. what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there's a massive difference in terms of uh, the pricing when it comes to the exchange rates, uh, uh, when it comes to you purchasing and, and and changing that money from BTC into 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 US dollars. Uh, Aleta, you covered? Yeah, on that bit. I mean, uh, there's obviously still lots to. Lots to kind of think about and and look. I mean, I'm thinking where I'm thinking as a when I was reading about it for like artists and galleries was it's it's a new way. Which okay, some galleries, but I think more the ones I was looking at seem to be in the UK or the States doing it. Yeah, you know, yes. Yeah. This I don't know about South Africa, but obviously zero going on with cryptocurrencies. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. So you're kind of looking at it. So if, if there are, I think it's always to give people different options. You know, if you've got cryptocurrency, you want to use it, you want to buy some art, it's good to be able to offer that service. I think where I would look at it on behalf of artists of, is what are the fees? Because one of the things is you're trying to like make it easier so you don't have to pay so much to banks. Yeah. That's mm. what would interest me well, more. Yeah, yeah. Maris, can you um, come in there, please? Well, when you look at other platforms like PayPal, for example, and, um, you know, Tesla, you know, purchasing uh, to the value of 1.5 billion uh, US dollars worth of Bitcoin. And then you see all these uh, JP Morgan uh, hedge funds. And you also see uh, one of the biggest uh, payment systems in the form of PayPal actually investing in Bitcoin and offering mm. that as a as a way of payment, then you should start to see the signs. I mean, it's, 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 it's all about reading in between the lines and being plugged into the industry in order for you to yeah. position yourself strategically. Um, I, so then I would, I would look at places like PayPal and what they have done in terms of implementing BTC as a means of payment on their platform. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. what we've just discussed, they, they probably would have already started implementing that. By the time you transfer your BTC in there, yes, there's marginal uh, difference in terms of because of the volatility. I mean, an hour later, Bitcoin might go from 47,000 to 34,000, like a 45% or 30% drop. Mm, mm. Um but at the same time, it could it could do the opposite effect. So you could actually make a hell of a lot more. 
So you, uh, the systems in that are the are the ones that that would would manage uh, the transfer and the movement. Because if you were to do it manually from that perspective, transferring, uh, you know, manually doing your your ledger. Uh, with maybe a thousand payments coming in, it would it would it would take you you know yeah, quite yeah, a long time. A while, a while. But if yeah. it if it's automated, then and if PayPal have looked at it and said, well, you know, it is something that we're actually uh, implementing, uh, then that might be a first uh, point or a call of you know point of call when it comes to understanding uh, how that correlates and how that would work. But like you say, yeah. uh, let's say it is a, it is a, it is, it is something that you have to start offering uh, uh, your clientele base, because the older generation is is starting to 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 move itself out of the corporate industry, and what you're starting to realize is that the younger generation is taking over uh, the world. That's very interesting. Uh, yeah. uh, that's 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 very very interesting. That, that that's very interesting. Um, I guess I guess that actually leads up me to, to like a follow up question. Like, um, if we want to start implementing this, where do we where and how do we start? You know, um, because I also know that there's also an option of um, if one has enough um, um, traffic on your uh, on your um, on on your website, you can you can use those figures. I'm not sure how. But to uh, sort of start your own cryptocurrency. So, so I guess my question is like, um, um, if we want to start, where and how do we, um, how do we, how do we go about it? I would basically start at home. I would start using it personally yourself. So, create a blockchain wallet. Um, you know, be willing to lose maybe two, three hundred rand. Uh, you know, put put two three hundred rand into your wallet. Understand how, yeah, what the yeah, you know, yeah, what the yeah, traffic signs yeah. tell you. What, what you know, what the what the actual lay of the land is. How do I go from point A to point B yeah. to point C, and how do I come back from that? That would be your first task because I can explain it as much as I could possibly, you know, try and uh, explain it in his, you know, layman's terms and how simple it is. It's it's very very easy. You know, it's like all these yeah. IT guys will tell you, no, yeah. to load Windows 10 is <laughs> sure, so simple. Sure, sure. It's the walk in the park. But you know, there's actual buttons that you have to click on. The one, two, three process is there. But how do you know which button to press if you're looking at a bunch of hieroglyphics? Mm. So you need to understand exactly how to first uh, open a Bitcoin wallet, how to manage that wallet in itself, how to take money out of it and put money back into it. And what platforms are user-friendly for you? Because Luna might work for me, but Bit might work for you better, you know, because you like the, you know, the different kinds of... A dashboard or the different kind of use case that it that it offers, or the different kind of alternative coins that it is offering, like Monero, Cardano, mm. and uh, you know Tether, uh, as opposed to what Luna is offering in the form of Stella, uh, you know Ripple and Ethereum, BTC Cash, and, and Jeez, I, I, I didn't realize there was, um, there was there was um, there were so many. Um, um, just from a South African perspective, which um, which of um, which of these platforms do you think will suit um, will suit us? You know, from a from a South African creative um, um, perspective. 
Look, I think you, you'd want to work with something that's already been mainstream now. I think they've got the ads on TV. I was watching a soccer game the other day. And, uh, you know, you get those ads in between the, yeah. the games themselves. And it was a discovery ad that came on. And then after that, uh, there was a Luno ad that actually came on. And what they actually said on there was, was something that we've been, you know, talking about since, well, I've been talking about it since 2014 when I finally realized that, oh my God, this is actually something that is mm. going to be in the future, whether it's five to 10 or 20 years from now, you can't ignore something like this. For sure. Right? For sure. Um, and what it actually said on the ad was, and I'll quote it verbatim, when you, if you are starting to see Bitcoin on TV, that's a that good point. means it's a good time to yeah, start. Yeah, that's a good I point. I mean, these are people that advocated against Bitcoin for the better part of seven years and said it's a Ponzi scheme. I mean, Bruce Whitfield and all these other <laughs> guys came on the money show sure, and sure. they spoke about it yeah. in such negative yeah, connotation. Yeah. Am I saying it's a positive thing? No, I'm just keeping an open mind. I'm yeah. saying, guys, we've been riding a horse and cart um, chariot for the last hundred years. Here's a Maserati that's come with a V6 engine. Why would you not take it for a test drive at least? You know, why would you write it off and say, oh, that's terrible? Did mm. Dunlop not say that to the horse and chariot industry back in uh, the, the, the turn of the 1900th century when uh, he decided to put in rubber tires and they were still using <clears throat> leather on their, their cart? They wrote him off. And he became one of the biggest uh, tire manufacturers yeah. in the world and still is one of the prominent ones today. They ignored Tesla in that respect when he came up with an electric car and sustainable energy going forward. And lo and behold, right now, Tesla's market cap value bests the entire motor industry market and that includes toyota Fiat, that's unbelievable that. actually i read that I mean, um, you, um, last yeah, year. That's when, yeah. so when you start listening to other perspectives instead of yeah you know doing your own research and finding out for yourself uh and and and, and don't take it from a biased perspective don't take my uh, understanding of BTC and say, I've heard it from this guy, therefore it is the gospel truth. Mm. Um, go and do your own research and do it for a very long time and, and speak to people that have actually been using it and speak to industries that are starting to think about it. Um, and then start putting the dots together because when you connect the dots, the light comes on. Sure. You know, and, sure. and then that, that's, yeah. So I always take a, 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 a um, not a biased or, um, you know, I always try to, to, to be on the fence when I'm giving people advice when it comes to crypto because, yes, you can lose a lot of money. Mm. Yes, you can make a lot of money. How you do that all, all to be determined by how much understanding you have of that industry. You know, you can't just simply go and buy gold, for example. Uh, without understanding the processes of sure. what it takes to buy gold. Sure. You know? Sure, sure, sure. I wanted to, um, can I add something in, please, Wesley? Please, please, that, please, please come in. Because, um, I mean, you know, when I was reading about it, it was quite interesting, and I was also reading about how countries like Zimbabwe, Venezuela, obviously having problems with 
banks and yeah. governments are turning more to obviously using cryptocurrencies. And then, you know, you guys are in South Africa where you're way ahead of us, despite us not being very far away from you in Eswat, where, you know, the banks are South African here. So we, we don't have PayPal. We can't use Instagram shopping. We can't use this. We can't use that. So for us, the options, um, and it's come up on a lot of social media platforms, and I've been kind of discussing it as well, is that, you know, we're gonna, you got to go to the bank. They're like, okay, you could open a dollar account somewhere. It's EFT. You know, and we, we had like last year, you know, obviously with COVID and you're trying to do shipping, and the banks are telling you, tell someone to go for a walk to their bank physically to do a transfer. Yeah. And you're like, dear Lord, guys, this is just like not working. Yeah. Plus yeah. all the charges that come with it. So I think for, for countries that are kind of out of the loop, you know, and then you, you will discuss. I mean, I think a lot of people here, we've been talking to government, to banks, you know, and there's a whole thing of, oh, it's just none of it's possible. And it's like, you're too small, so no, yeah. we're not going to invest. So we're not investing in, in technology. So I'm using um, a Kenyan company at the moment so I can do credit card payments rather than people must go physically to a bank. So where I'm feeling right now, and when I look at all the changes that are happening, is if you're an entrepreneur or you know, creative person, you've got to be innovative. Yeah. And you've got to look. So you go and talk to the government and banks and say, hey, guys, you know, this isn't working. That isn't working. Nothing's going to grow. We can't sell. We can't do this. Um, if they're not responding and listening, then I'm also sort of seeing this as, as an opportunity. It's like they're missing the boat and then they're thinking, you know, just be quiet. Just continue this old-fashioned way. Let's make a lot of money out of you or you'll do no business, but who cares? Mm. So I think, and looking at the creative industries, um, you know, people still have that thing of now, are you going to go and rent a building? Where are you going to open your business? And you're like, dear Lord, guys, you can operate from home so long as you've got your phone, you know, but yeah. you need the payment options. So it's all fine to be creative yeah. and share stuff on social media if you're in the creative industries. Yeah. Um, but then how are you going to get paid? So countries like Eswatini or Zimbabwe, you know, where it's not functioning and we can't have all these systems. Okay, you can transfer, you know, you've got sort of e-wallet and we can kind of transfer bits to each other, but not overseas. Mm. Um, there, I'm, so I am feeling just from that point of view that this is very interesting. That's all mm. I wanted to I say. I get you. Um, I no, get I you. Um, oh, you want to come in? Yeah. Uh, you guys are on the ground and you know exactly what's going on on the ground. And when you take that from a numbers perspective and put it to the banks and say, look, our, our margins have dropped by 5% uh, you know, this year. And 5% to your industry uh, could mean uh, you know, the breaking point yeah. uh, you know, kind of scenario, right? Uh, if we go beyond that, it would be detrimental for your business, right? But what they're looking at is they're seeing that 5% as a, as a marginal cost that can be covered over a certain period of time, even light of the, uh, you know, uh, economics will tell you that it will recover because the demand will go up and that. But if, if, if uh, economics is anything to go by, it becomes null and void with the stock market. When the stocks go up and the economy goes down, that throws my economics book out the window because everything they said in there 
is in direct contradiction to what is actually happening right now. And yes, you're right uh, when you say, you've at least tried to go to them and say to them, listen, here's a problem, can we not implement this? And they're like, no. What Bitcoin actually and blockchain actually offers you, the individual, it was never meant for industry. It was never meant for businesses. It was actually meant for peer-to-peer transaction because you would find in areas like yours that you're in right now, there's a lot of unbanked people. There's a lot of people that do not have bank accounts, but they have smartphones, don't they? Yeah, that's a I good mean, point. My granny's got a smartphone. My, my, my granny's grandmother has a smartphone. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. WhatsApp and Facebook. Yeah. Right? So on that smartphone, mm. that actual smartphone now becomes your bank. And it answers the fundamental That's a very good point. How do we get paid now? How do we get paid? Well, if I've, got a, if I've got a blockchain wallet, and I've got a piece of art, and I've got a place that I can put it on, which is your platform, can I not put my blockchain uh, wallet on there? And, and, and correlate that with my with my with my painting, and then just wait for somebody to to make a payment or to to suggest that a payment is coming through, and that they have to confirm from their side whether or not uh, they will be able to, to to send that or how long it will take. You know, like when you're buying something from Take a Lot, it takes you three to five days sure. of shipping and all that kind of jazz, and you've got it. You've got a cart. You've got an exit cart and things like that where you. Uh, you know that you've made a purchase towards it. Sure. Right? That's basically uh, uh, what they've been... And, and, and I know it looks like, oh, but if that's the only use case uh, that Bitcoin... Uh, or what, you know, how does that actually help us? But think about it from a, from a compounding interest. I'd rather get five people to buy my paintings at a certain amount of money than wait for that one person yeah. to pay 600 for that. Yeah. But and allow those five people access to me in the form of they've got blockchain wallets. I have block I've got a blockchain wallet. It's a, it's a, it's like a butt exchange. It's 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 almost like going back in history and saying, I have a blanket that's going to keep you warm during the winter, but you have got a gun that could help me, the expert at hunting, find the bear. Yeah. So you keep warm, give me the gun, I'll go and do the, the killing. And, and, and you, you've given me more in use value than you've taken from me in cash value. Kind of scenario. Interesting. You know I mean? Interesting um, analogy. So, so why is that important? Because when you look at how many people are unbanked in the world, and the numbers are staggering. And, and this is a direct implication to things like poverty. Yeah. So, so attach that to your proposals, attach that to your concepts and say a portion of this particular painting uh, and the money that's going to go from it will be sent to uh, a charity organization or associate yourself with, with a, uh, uh, you know, a house that, that helps uh, uh, women get on their feet if they've been abused or uh, you know, beaten or sold or whatever the case mm. may be. You know, associate yourself with a charity organization because it starts with that kind of uh, process. The secret of living is actually giving. Instead of just taking, taking, 
like what the banks do to you when the minute you go there, they're charging you literally to deposit your money. They're charging you to take your money. Yeah. They're charging you to actually yeah. send you a statement. They charge you to... Uh, um, for everything. I mean, for the, and I'm in the Costa Coffee game. You know, I do all office automation. And it costs me, I'd say, seven cents a copy to print out black A5% page, right? They're telling you Capitalism. that little slip that you've printed out of the ATM is going to cost you effectively three rand. Now, there's no That's ridiculous. Money. I never knew that. <laughs> there's no there's no justification. Jeez. I never knew that. You know what I mean? So they're not making they're not just making money. They're making money on top of money. On yeah. Top of money. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. And if they are able to charge you a twenty five percent interest on your credit card and then offer you a savings plan which will give you six percent after twelve months. It just doesn't make sense, you know, from a mathematics perspective. Absolutely. Yes, you're giving me money, but meet me halfway. Don't meet me 10% of the way <laughs> and then one like 90%. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because as an entrepreneur, what I'm doing with that money is I'm facilitating a position in my organization, or I am, in your case, you're facilitating artists in, 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 in your organization and allowing them the platform because let's be honest, I might be fantastic at drawing, uh, you know, uh, you know, a painting or a portrait, or I might be as great as Rembrandt himself. But at the end of the day, I have no concept of business, and I don't know how to correlate my work and and how to get that and how to get money from that. And here you come on as a platform and say we can, we can offer you that platform. All you have to do is simply submit your artwork, and we will be able to to sell it across the vast amount of, of viewers or subscribers that that we have. And you never know; somebody might love your artwork point where they take your whole collection. Um, but mm-hmm. here's the platform yeah. that allows that. Yeah. Now that's. That's that's yeah. that's that's how that's one and nine. Yes, you are making. I mean, everybody's gonna make something at the end of the day. But don't 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 be like the banks and take every single thing. Yeah. And if I ask you a question, you're gonna <laughs> No, I think that that way of operating is getting unpalatable for a lot of us, and I think right. you know the pandemic has brought that out. I mean, I know. I mean, in South Africa, a lot of businesses on their knees. The creative industry is is suffering you know artists are broke galleries are broke everyone's like hustling and you know doing whatever to to stay alive but then it may it's forcing you to to adapt and to start thinking of of a new way of doing business really because this some of the ways are just not working Mm, mm, mm. no um i agree i agree with both of you there actually um Actually, I have to I have to come in here. Um, we've actually <laughs> we've actually gone way past. Okay. <laughs> um, and like I'm sitting and listening, I'm thinking like there's still so much more to discuss, man. Like we should definitely do another follow up on here. Um, and sort of and sort of just pick up like um, like from where we left um, because there's still a few other few more things that I still want to cover. Um, I just don't think there's enough. Two. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, because you are, because let's so right, like um, 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 the, the creative industry is on its knees, and um, 
here in South Africa, like it's more of a, and I'm generalizing here, it's more of a finger pointing, he said, she said type of battle. Very little solutions going around. That's why I think like episodes like this are so important. Um, and um, to, to to start this dialogue is very, very important. So um, I think we must definitely do a follow up on, 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 on all of this, man. Um, Morris, uh, thanks a lot, my brother. Um, in closing, do you have anything um, to say? Yeah, uh, I think uh, you're right. I think the letter is right as well as you in terms of us having another discussion about mm, this. For sure. So much to postulate about because, and the only way we're going to get to a solution is if we actually start having these hard conversations. And I know it seems a bit radical and in its nature, but at the end of the day, you guys have a need that needs to survive. You know, uh, so do I, and so do you, Rizzi. I mean, yeah. you literally uh, had to do something during the, the pandemic in order for you to put yourself out there. So I think more conversations need to take place. I think a lot more focus groups. I think uh, a letter from your side. I think you need to look at your database of, of art, art producers and start asking them, and start asking them, so I think we should definitely have these conversations more. No, absolutely, uh, absolutely, we can definitely start, set that up and start talking about them in your guys' industry because, like I said, that industrial age is over now. People don't realize that 1900 century to 2000 uh, is over now. Uh, that was the industrial age. Now we are moving towards a more information technology age. There's information, and you combine that with technology, creates another industry. So in essence, there's actually industries within this industry that we are going into now mm. that have not been discovered yet. And they come from reinventing the wheel like the art industry or the IT industry or the consumables industry. If Uber is anything to go by, Uber Eats was, was such a delight during lockdown. Yeah. You know what I mean? All these different things started popping up and becoming use case. So I think there's a lot more that can be stimulated, especially from Africa. I'm going to be honest with you. Hey, my brother, I'm with you. Eh? So, and I think there's, we've been lacking in that respect. And I think because we're moving into another industrial, uh, into another age, that being the information technology age, I think we all need to start talking about this. For sure, man. For sure. Um, yeah. Aleta, do you have anything to say in closing? No, I, I mean, I agreed with everything that Morris said there. I think what I want to do is talk more. I mean, we all do hear the creative industry, lots going on, but I think discuss this more and find out some more questions and what people need yeah. and how to start how to start working together you know yeah like yeah we all we all some of us i represent artists but there's other people in the creative industries whether it's the music sector or poetry different aspects or filmmakers but we need to also i think get together and start lobbying you know and yeah. also start he and helping each other so like hey guys how about we try this or we do that or you lobby for that yeah. but if we're all just sitting at home freaking out quietly i don't think that's going to be very helpful so i think practical advice that we can give people would be great 
Fantastic, man. Um, thanks both of you for coming through, man. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm watching, looking at this time clock here, yeah, and it's like, it's, it's, I still think that we, we should at least, um, yeah, we must definitely um, uh, set up another episode. Um, I'll get on that in the in the next week for sure um, and see what other questions um, arise, and I'll share it with both of you, and we can sort of just schedule, you know, see when we are all three available and then take it from there. But thanks a lot, guys, for coming through, man. And um, I'll be in touch with you both. Thanks, Wes. All right, man, guys. Cheers, man. Okay. Ciao. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this Spudcast podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Hey, everybody. Um, Thanks a lot for my two guests. I think they were actually fantastic. Um, and like we said, we should definitely, definitely do another follow up on this. There's just so much more to be, um, to, um, to discuss. Um, so yeah, I look forward to more outstanding, um, top ranking content, um, on this podcast. And, uh, I have to give a shout out firstly to Viabalb and Spudcast for hosting me. I think they do fantastic work, you know, and um, check us out on all these streaming platforms, man. And um, don't don't forget to give us all your comments and feedback. Um, and it'll be really interesting to know what you guys have to say about um, this episode. If you just want to know anything, or any, uh, or if you have any questions uh, or comments, yeah, man, just send it through me via text. Uh, so or uh, or on Facebook or Instagram, and it's all Wesley Pepper. You know, um, just just for me, you'll find me, and um, I'll take all the stuff and I'll um, present it to my guests um, in a future episode. So thanks a lot, guys, for coming through, and look forward to more outstanding content from Wesley Pepper's Art Lexia. Thank you very much.